Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And now, it's the rest stop. Brad Restitute. Welcome to the rest stop. We're live again on a Thursday, September 17th, episode 8. We come to you live every Tuesday and Thursday, 9 to 10 o'clock Pacific time. Myself, Spencer the Wiz, we're live here in Las Vegas, and you can check us out on www.twitch.tv slash chrislandryfootball, and make sure to subscribe, watch us on there, chat with us there, and if you miss any part of the show live, you can check the podcast version out under Landry Football Conference Call. You'll search that under any of your podcasting platforms, Spotify, iTunes, Audio Boom, whatever you would like to search. Landry Football Conference Call and search the rest stop, and you'll check us out there. Give us a like. And, of course, live on my social media platforms, Facebook and Twitter. So thanks for joining us for another episode. It's going to be a good one. Sports is in full effect. we got NFL. We've got Major League Baseball. we got NBA, uh, college football, more news coming out of there, uh, WNBA, everything in full effect. U.S. Open. I've got my ti- Tiger Woods turtleneck going for the U.S. Open. First round today, Tigers, eight shots back as Justin Thomas has a lead in the U.S. Open minus five. So great show. Make sure you stick around, uh, comment wherever you can, chime in. Uh, we got a good show, and we'll have one of the chatters, uh, friend of the show, hopefully fan of the show. He will join us. It'll be a surprise, and he'll give his picks against us, me, myself, and Spencer the Wiz. And if he wins and beats us ATS against all the games, he comes back as the reigning champion next week. So we'll see how he does, and we'll bring him on in a little bit. So – uh, let's start off with the Thursday night game just concluded in Cleveland. The Cleveland Browns, they beat the Cincinnati Bengals 35-30. to uh, Great offensive night for the Cleveland Browns. They rushed the ball at will up and down the Cincinnati defense, and the Cincinnati defense just couldn't hold up. Baker Mayfield was uh, effective for the most part, but it was really the running game led by Nick Chubb, who had 125 yards and a touch, uh, two touchdowns. And Kareem Hunt, who had 85 yards, a touchdown on the ground, and a touchdown receiving. Uh, So nice job by the Browns offensively in in a bounce-back performance as they only can muster six points in week one. But look, Joe Burrow, to me, is the story of this game because this guy, he's not a star on the rise. He was a star coming in. For for, for my money, 
he was as fur, a surefire a first round pick as as some of the best that we've seen. And Andrew Luck, or John Elway, and you could you might say, believer, how can you say that after one good season at LSU? Look, I saw enough in that one good season, enough improvement, an undefeated championship team against high level Division one competition. Uh, I watched him very closely during those playoffs to know, and eight out of ten times. With quarterbacks at that position, my eyes don't deceive me. And Joe Burrow's got it, man. Me and Spencer, the Wiz, talk about the juice. Joe Burrow's got not only the juice, he's got the skill. And on a short week, on a Thursday night in an individual matchup, he came in, uh, was asked to throw the ball 60-plus times because the Bengals were trailing most of the game, did not throw an interception, and just kept fighting. And the Bengals not only kept fighting, but Burrow kept making plays. He got hit time after time. He took a big strip sack fumble, and I believe late in third quarter, Miles Garrett got to him, and it led to a Browns touchdown. But Joe Burrow, man, he is tough, and he's the real deal. And he had a great performance tonight. And if you're a Bengals fan or you're a football fan at all, you've got to be excited about the quarterback position in the NFL. And more importantly, number one overall pick, Joe Burrows. He was just he he was outstanding tonight. And uh, fought all the way. The Bengals didn't get the win, but they did get the cover. That line sat around six and a half most uh, of the week and and uh, the backdoor cover. So it was heartbreak for Browns fans. But look, that's what you get if you're a Browns backer. You get uh, the backdoor cover and you get the shaft because the Browns don't cover. The Browns will disappoint. And uh, they're, I wouldn't say they're lucky to win this game. They were in control most of the matchup. But uh, I'm sorry, but not sorry if you had the Cleveland Browns on your ticket. I did not. And uh, as he's joining me right now, Spencer the Wiz, he did have them when we previewed that game on Tuesday, and I was on the other side against the Bengals. Spence, uh, I know you're with me here. Joe Burrow, to me, is the story, even though the Browns get the win. Oh, absolutely. He did throw 60 passes, which seems like an extreme amount for a rookie, but he was really poised in the pocket. He showed the ability to throw on the run, to move with his legs. Uh, they have a really great little thing going there. They just have to shore up so much so many other parts of their team sample their tight end always was had a huge game too so he may be one of the top fantasy pickups of the weekend because the tight end position is always so thin look uh i know some people may want to talk about baker mayfield one of our guests here in a little bit uh he was in one of the chats touting baker mayfield uh not that long ago i know benny superfly had something to say about baker mayfield Look, Baker Mayfield's on a short lease as far as I'm concerned. You've got a new regime in Cleveland, Kevin Stefanski, who brought in Case Keenum as the backup. And Case Keenum, with Stefanski as one of the coaches, led the Minnesota Vikings to the NFC Championship game only a few years ago. And if Baker Mayfield loses consecutive games, I, I can almost be willing to say very likely that he, he'll get pulled for Case Keenum to get a spark on this team if they continue to do what they did in week one. Uh, so, look, Baker Mayfield had a, had a decent performance tonight. He had a bad interception in the red zone. But uh, he's not out of the water yet. I know he's only a second-year guy, but Kevin Stefanski is not going to accept what the Browns have been the last decade, because if it doesn't work with these guys that have all this talent on paper, he will implode it and start over. And I believe he's got that reign. brought Andrew Berry in as a general manager 
and ownership pretty much gave him free will to turn this thing around. And so if these guys don't get it turned around, now that the playoffs are expanded and the extra wild card spot is in both conferences, they fully expect the Browns to be in that conversation in the last three or four weeks of the season. If they are not, I predict Case Keenum will get the call and Kevin Stefanski will choose to implode all of these Browns talent on paper. So we'll see how it works out. I wouldn't, like I said, I wouldn't say that the Browns are fortunate to get a win because they dominated pretty much and had the league from start to finish. Uh, but their defense let Burrow keep them in it. So again, to me, Burrow, the story threw for over 300 yards and no picks and the Bengals got the cover. The Browns got the win 35 to 30 more sports news tonight. Uh, NBA playoffs. We're in the conference finals now. Game two tonight in the Eastern Conference Finals. The Miami Heat were down most of the matchup, at down 17 at one point, but they stormed back in the second half, and they get the 106-101 victory against the Boston Celtics in a tough spot for the Celtics to be in. 2-0 is not 3-0, but it's not a great spot to be in, and Boston's got to turn it around quick, and I think they can, but a lot of momentum for the Miami Heat right now. And Finally, Duncan Robinson off the bench. Gets a big performance, as I believe he had 18 points, Spence. Uh, Tyler Hero contributed in double digits. Jimmy Butler didn't have his best night, but Goran Dragic, 29 for the Heat. And a, a really big second half and a commanding 2 to nothing lead in Game 2 of the Eastern Conference Finals. Nice win here tonight by the Miami Heat, Spence. It's it's truly impressive. And again, it just the discipline. And I'm just shocked that this is a 2-0 series. Again, you have that 8-point lead with 4 minutes left, and they just lose it. There was a play with Jimmy Butler – Throws it behind his back, very reminiscent of the UNLV days in that finals against Duke, which that play actually didn't end up in a score, but this one did. Jimmy Butler ends up going back and bounds an easy pass from, I believe, Duncan Robinson or Jay Crowder back to him for an easy dunk. So there's just these mental lapses and a lack of effort, it seems, from the Celtics, which is just shocking to me. I know. Look, Jimmy Butler, he didn't have his best offensive performance tonight, but Spence, we talk about frequently about the juice right? With some of these athletes, Jimmy Butler has it without a shadow of a doubt. That guy is a dog. And if he's not, if he doesn't have it going offensively, he can get after it defensively and to make key contests and key stops against these big three scores of Walker Tatum and uh, Jalen Brown of, uh, of Boston and other guys that can score on that team. It's really important. And if Butler doesn't have it going, Dragic can get it going, and he can kick out to those shooters, which can knock down shots. Bam, Adebayo has been fantastic over the past two years. Definitely a diamond that the Heat scored with this guy, and he's just been phenomenal. He pretty much won the game in game one with that block at the rim, and he was good again tonight, Spence. And if the Heat can get past the Celtics, we're still early. I don't think this this series is going to be over soon by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I, I think if Miami moves on, it's going to be a pretty entertaining conference or NBA finals, depending on – it doesn't matter who represents. I just think the Heat are, are playing their best basketball at the right time. Yeah, it, quickly I just wanted to mention that Jimmy Butler definitely does have the juice that we've talked about a lot. But on the other side, Jason Tatum and Kemba Walker seem to not have the juice, which I fully expected them, especially Kemba Walker being the lead person of a franchise, kind of being known as that guy with the moniker of, hey, I can literally take on anybody and I'm just 
you know, my career has been unfortunate because I play in the Hornets and this is his chance and he's kind of falling flat. I think he went nine of 19, which technically isn't bad, but if you, if you go down Oh two, uh, to me, that shows that. So, uh, but looking ahead, if the heat do make the finals, I, I don't know how well they match up. I mean, out bio on AD is definitely not bad, but they don't really have anyone for LeBron James, maybe Jimmy Butler. But again, I just don't think he has the strength needed to do that. They'll probably put someone on a Jay Crowder like him, which could be beneficial without a doubt, but I don't know. I just, there's more talent. Like you'd rather have LeBron James and, uh, and Anthony Davis than you would Jimmy Butler and Goran Dragic, I guess is what it kind of comes down to for me. I'm curious what that line's going to be Spence, uh in game three. I'm going to lean towards the Celtics. I just think it'd be dire if they fell three to nothing in this series. 2-0, 2-0 is 2-0. It's bad, but it's not dire. 3-0 is dire. And I think they absolutely have to have it in game three. So we'll see how that shakes up. Game one tomorrow, the Western Conference Finals. We talked about it last show. The Clippers completely imploded, blew a 3-1 series lead. You could talk about any list of characters that you could point the finger at for the Clippers, whether it's Kawhi Leonard, head coach Doc Rivers, Paul George, um, playoff P, you know, Lou Williams, you name it. Uh, the Clippers blew it and the Nuggets advance. It's the second series in a row. They come back from 3-1 down and get the victory. And they'll have game one tomorrow against the Lakers. I think the Lakers sit around a seven-point favorite. That over-under is 212. I was really looking heavy at that over-under to see if I wanted to bet that. Uh, I think it's going to be a really good game one. The Lakers have blue game one in both of the previous series against the Rockets and the Trailblazers. I don't know what to expect in game one of the Western Conference Finals. Will Denver carry over that momentum and that confidence? Will they have the same energy? If they do, uh, I think it's going to come down to the fourth quarter and possession. I think they could go back and forth possession after possession. I don't know that we'll see the type of performance we saw in the first round, Denver versus Utah, where Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray would just go head to head. I mean, that was one of the best series I've seen in a long time. And and you may agree with me, Spence and, and our guest later, I know he's a basketball fan. He, uh, he may agree with that also, but the Donovan Mitchell, Jamal Murray first round series was one of the best. And uh, I think Jamal Murray has the potential, depending who's guarding him to, really have a, a phenomenal series in this Western Conference final. And I think they're going to be ready. They, they've got Michael Porter Jr., who we've talked about his defensive inefficiency at times, but I still think he has an opportunity to get better. We know he can score. Jokic Davis is a great matchup to watch. I'm really excited to see this game one tomorrow, Spence Lakers Nuggets. Yeah, if, if I'm going to go specifically for game one, I like the Lakers and the over. Again, the Nuggets have really tired feet. Like they just came back from another three-one series. Maybe you say, okay, they're fresh, but overall, I don't know. I, I just I like the series long term. I think it goes six games. I think the Lakers probably win in six. I, I do think the Nuggets kind of finally run out of steam. I think the Lakers are just on a a different gear altogether. But there is, without a doubt, going to be some massively entertaining games. Guys, make sure you stick around because we're going to hit all of the NFL games um, against the spread. We're going to have a guest picker, one of the listeners on, and he's going to pick against us, against us, against the spread. If he beats myself in the Wiz, he comes back as the champ next week. Benny Superfly, I want you to listen to this next one I'm going to talk about. It's got, Benny Superfly is a military man. He is a, he's an officer in the Army, and he's a proud soldier of this country, and he served uh, for, I believe, over a decade. He can collect correct me if I'm wrong in the chat here, but I want to get to a story that was talked about with a lot of different media outlets, pro football 
talk is where I got this story, but the Pittsburgh Steelers agreed to put on the back of their helmet the name of Antoine Rose. Antoine Rose was fatally killed by police in Pittsburgh. I believe it was a couple years ago, Spence. And he was accused of being a part of a, a drive-by shooting. There's a lot of com- kind of different stories, but it was, I believe, confirmed. And correct me if I'm wrong. It was confirmed that there was guns in the vehicle and he did try to flee from pr- police and he got shot in the back running away, which listen to me carefully here because I, I want to be sure to separate the fact of the police when they are egregiously wrong and act not only out of line, but partake in what would be considered felonious behavior, whether it's uh, attempted murder or murder, which we've seen numerous times. I don't need to go through the list, but police are wrong. But I think in society with social media and with mainstream media, how we take pockets of information throughout the United States, who remember the United States has, I, I mean millions and millions of people. Okay. I don't have the number off off the top of my head, but the fact is, is when we get stories, whether it's one a day, even if it was one a day, it's, it's a small percentage of scenarios where these cops who should not only be charged and arrested, but should lose their jobs for good, where they partake in, like I said, felonious murderous behavior, which is completely wrong and deserves to be jailed. But I will say some of these stories where people lose their lives or are are hurt and hospitalized, they're, I've said it before on the show, they're not complying with police. I don't know the best comparison, but one of the first things that comes to mind is when you get behind the wheel drunk and you drive, your risk of hurting yourself and somebody else rises significantly than if you were to get behind the wheel, whether it's texting and driving too. It doesn't matter what it is. If you get behind the wheel and you're completely focused on what you're doing and you do what you're supposed to do, nine times out of 10, you'll walk away and you'll see the next day. We, we take it for granted every day that we do it. But people seem to think uh, that when they're out in public on the streets and a police officer asks them to do something, that they can just kind of not respect their authority. The time to not respect their authority is not when they're asking you to do something. And in this situation, uh, Antoine Rose was the the kid was 17. It's a heartbreaking story. A family lost their son, their brother, their cousin, a friend. It's it's unbelievably heartbreaking. But we've got to be able to separate the behavior of the person that puts them in the situation and the unacceptable behavior of the person in authority. So. What this gets me to is the Pittsburgh Steelers as a team wanted to put this young man's name on their helmet. They all agreed as a team to do it uh, before their week one game against the Giants. Offensive tackle Alejandro Villanueva, offensive tackle, former military veteran, without telling any of his teammates, decided to put Alwyn Cash's name on his helmet instead. Alwyn Cash, an Army Sergeant First Class, uh, who lost his life over, overseas fighting for the country, put his name up there. And, and it got controversy because is this going to start controversy in the locker room that this guy's going rogue and not doing what everybody on the team all decided to do? My thing is this. 
Why is this even happening? And why are you even putting players in this position? Why are players, Spence, being put in a position to have to put names on their helmets, names on their jerseys, especially in scenarios where there could possibly be murky water in in the situation? It it just – I would rather wait on the side of caution before we get all the details than to rush – and, and make it even more of a controversy when people are asking players to do that. And if a player feels uncomfortable speaking up because he's the outlier, it, it's just unnecessary distractions possibly for people that are not only asked to do a job, but a job that takes so much focus, so much competitive, so much cohesiveness. And to lead it into a possible distraction, I just don't see why the place and time – to put people's names on their helmets and justice for the time is is then on the field. Spence? Yeah, and the thing with Pouncey is he said he didn't know like the full details about it before he did it. So I think that takes away the impact of the message like right off the bat. Second of all, it's on the back of your helmet, so no one's going to see it ever. You won't see it in the broadcast, maybe in the pregame stuff, but the pregame ratings are abysmal right now. Everyone just wants to watch – well, not everybody. That's – that's not true. A lot of people just want to watch football. Sports for a lot of people represent an escape and away from reality, away from all this bad stuff. And now that the two are conjoined, obviously it's caused a lot of political unrest on both sides. But to get back to the helmet, I feel like messages should be individualized. And I think the NBA did a pretty decent job of that. Although a lot of them are just like, I don't know what you think the back of your jersey is going to change. And those are very visible. You see those on free throw lines and stuff. You don't see that kind of stuff even on the football field. But why can't players bring their own messages? And I guess Pouncey is doing that in a way. But we shouldn't have these last-minute things where guys are kind of voting on stuff. I don't think it has to be a team effort because these are very diverse issues. Why not let these guys decide who they want to speak for, who they want to represent on the field, if they want to do that? I, I'm Personally, I don't think you know politics and sports should be mixed, at least on the field, off the field. You know, right. That's a totally different message. I, I think these guys have a ton of influence on young kids, but – on the broadcast side, I just personally don't agree because I just wish it could be more about the sport. And then after the show or after the game, you know, you, you let these guys have their platform. And I believe the NFL, I'll tell you one thing I do like, I believe the NFL has one month or a couple weeks where they're able to put whatever messages they want kind of towards a charitable foundation or what have you on their cleats. And I think that's great. It gives them the freedom to express whatever cause they want to have a voice out there for and they can put it on their cleats and, and it gives them that great freedom. And I think that's really cool. Um, but, but to really have a vote, you're putting players that in an uncomfortable situation. And, and I just don't, I don't like the timing and I don't like in some scenarios kind of here, hero worshiping is not the right word, but putting guys on a platform um, like a, a Jacob Blake, and I'm not trying to single him out as someone, but someone that, again, was in a terrible, unfortunate situation, Uh, a brother, a son, in a situation where he was shot seven times in the back, which is in in no circumstances okay. Um, But we don't, the information about what brought the police there and what he was doing and what weapon he had was not accurately reported in the beginning. And we get new information. And this is the frustrating part about we're such an impulsive, quick-to-react society. And that can get frustrating when it does get bled over to politics. So, Spence, 
quickly, we'll, we'll before we get into our picks and, and our guest picker will join us, uh, Major League Baseball, we're wrapping up the season. I believe, was it a 66-game schedule this year in Major League Baseball or 60 games? 65, maybe? Maybe 65 you're right, 66. Games. Well, we're more, we're, we're more than down the home stretch. And the Chicago White Sox has, have clinched a playoff berth. The Dodgers have clinched a playoff berth. And the Oakland A's are pretty close to clinching one. So not a ton of surprises in Major League Baseball. There's a few in there. The, the Marlins are in second place in their division behind the Atlanta Braves, and they're playing above 500. I believe a 25 and 23 record. So that's kind of surprising, and they've got some games to make up. Uh, one of the guys in the chat, Brian Bravo, is a diehard Houston Astros fan. His Astros are struggling, but they got, got a win tonight. And uh, their playoff chances look bleak, but we'll see. We'll see what they can do down the final stretch of the season. NHL, hockey, tonight, Spence. The Tampa Bay Lightning shut the door on the New York Islanders and got the win tonight. I believe that game went to overtime, and they'll face the Dallas Stars in the Stanley Cup Finals. And WNBA playoffs has got underway also. And the last thing I want to touch on before we get to our picks, college football. It started in some areas. It'll be expanding in others as the Big Ten announced that they want to play in the fall. And does that now lead to – the Pac-12, the Mountain West Conference, are they going to decide to change their mind and try to get on the field? President Donald Trump was on Outkick the Coverage, Clay Travis today, talking with Clay Travis, who uh, seems to be quite the the Trump supporter and, and Republican, um, Having and, and Trump agrees to go on a show. That's neither here nor there, but Trump, that's the only show. He's sports show he's gone on and, and spoke kind of freely about – uh, being a big part of the Big Ten Conference, having the phone call with Commissioner Kevin Warren and getting that ball in motion. Uh, it, it's exciting for college football fans. I'm sure it's exciting for the players. And it, Spence, is this going to be a trickle-down effect now uh, for the rest of the conferences to maybe see about getting football on the field for the fall? Uh, probably. And we talked about this off air. I hate all of this. I don't think college kids should be subjected to this. And, and the, the idea behind this is college kids don't have a union like the NFL, like MLB. There's no negotiations. These schools, which profit off of their, you know, their likeness and they don't really get a penny of it so far. They're letting these kids get COVID-19. And the thing is, if you were a fourth to seventh round pick, let's say even third to seventh round pick and you don't play, you might just become an undrafted free agent. So you basically have no choice but to play football unless you're a first round pick basically it's up in the air. So you have to risk getting COVID-19 at that point. You may have protocols, but Ed Ogeron already said, Hey, most of our players have already had COVID-19 as if it's a par for the course thing. And like we, and like we said before, they're college kids. You can't expect them to follow the rules like professionals do. And even in baseball, you saw a bunch of guys in the very beginning have outbreaks because they weren't following the rules. So suddenly 18 year olds are going to, I don't like the idea of sacrificing children's health because of money. It's a great point, Spence. I really like that point you bring up. I, I'm kind of undecided exactly how I feel about it. Um, but look, if they can come to an agreement and they can come to a good testing protocol, and I, I'm not going to give too much my personal opinion I have on, on what I think, but I, I'm for it. Uh, I lean more for it than against it, but I do. I think you bring up a great point, and it's a tough one to argue. So, um, and, and that's the thing. There's a lot of people when you ask 20, you probably have 10 different opinions on what they should do. But I believe if people are safe and they do what they're asked of, whether they're college or professional, and there's appropriate testing protocol, um, I think 
they should go ahead and, and play football. And we've got to remember the, these are businesses also. As much as that sucks, and the players aren't really aren't reaping the rewards financially of those benefits, I still think a high percentage of them would choose to play rather than not give them a choice. But Spence, without further ado, we're going to bring on our guest and we're going to run down all of week two's games against the spread to give you our picks. We're going to put some coin in your pocket, so make sure uh, you stay stay close. Uh, he is a personal friend of mine I've known for many years, and uh, he's joined us on the chats here, and he's going to give us his picks against myself and the Wiz against the spread. Dapper Dave Perry. Dave, thanks for joining us here on the rest stop. Appreciate having you. What's up, fellas? All right, Dave, do you have any uh, social media besides uh, Facebook that you want to plug, any Twitter or Instagram? No, I'm old. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, Dave. So we're going to get right down to it with the picks. We'll start off uh, in Tennessee with the Jacksonville Jaguars and Tennessee Titans and AFC South matchup. The Titans are currently sitting as an eight-and-a-half-point favorite in this matchup. Dave, I'm going to let you start us off and tell us who you like in this matchup and why. Um, I got the Titans. Um, as much as I thought Jacksonville played a really good game last week, I just don't see them. They just don't have the talent to uh, continue that on a week-to-week basis. I think that was kind of a uh, first game. You're you're really hyped, but I think they're going to come down back to reality. I don't think they can stop Derrick Henry, and um, I, yeah, I think the Titans are pretty locked on this. So you'll take the Titans with the points, eight and a half. Yes, sir. Spence, as much as I do agree that Derrick Henry will probably have a great game, Goskowski has to be a factor as well. And I actually got the line at nine and a half, so I'm really lucky on that, which I like a lot more than eight and a half, obviously. But I'm still going to go to the Jaguars here. I just think you can't have blowout games. I mean, unless they score touchdowns every single time, every single time down the field. But you got talented guys like CJ Henderson. I believe they got Chassian from LSU in the first round as well. Big fan of both of those guys defensively. So I'm going to take the Jaguars. I don't think they win at all. It could be, but I do think they will cover the eight points. Uh, Spence, I thought a lot about this one because I do like this Titans team. I think they're extremely well coached. I think that last year head coach Mike Vrabel really elevated this team and I think they have a chance to go to the playoffs again this year but this is I hate to say it because I don't think they're going to be super competitive but they're in the right direction and that team I'm speaking of is the Jacksonville Jaguars they're not your older brothers Jacksonville Jaguars with Gardner Minshew we've talked about it Spence we think this guy's got an opportunity uh, to be the franchise quarterback for this team and I don't love Jacksonville, but this is a divisional matchup, an AFC South matchup. This team sees each other twice a year. They usually play fairly close games. Sometimes it does get out of hand if Derrick Henry can go off. And if he can, uh, Tennessee has a real good chance to run away with it. But I really like Minshew. I like some of those young weapons on the outside. I'm also going to take the points, the eight and a half with Jacksonville. The next game on the board for us will be Atlanta at Dallas. The Cowboys sit as a four and a half point favorite. Dave, start us off. What do you think? Falcons, Cowboys. I got to go with the Cowboys. Um, any guy that can get a tattoo on a stomach um, that's reserved for uh, females usually is uh, that that shows you got a lot of heart and you can pound it in. Plus, Ezekiel Elliott is the man. Uh, I don't think that uh, the Falcons are going to stop the offense. So the Dallas, they got too many weapons. Lamb, Gallup, uh, uh, Marty Cooper, they just they're stacked. So I don't think that the Falcons are going to run with them. So I'll take the Cowboys. 
Dave, is that, is that one of the worst tattoos you've ever seen? I mean, that thing was brutal. I mean, what is that? It looked like a slot, uh, like SpongeBob or something on there. And, and I mean, what's going to happen when he's retired and he's 40, 45, and, and that gut gets bigger? I mean, what is that going to turn into? Have you ever seen anything like that on a man? Uh, no. And um, I just like when I saw it, I was like, what does that say? I had to and rewind then, it. I had yeah. to rewind my DVR. But um, I mean, I, I got a few tattoos. So, um, you know, much on you, bro. <laughs> Spence, Falcons, Cowboys. This is a game I'm personally staying with, staying away from on my ticket. But I'm going to take the Falcons here. I'm going to go opposite again. I think they played a pretty tough game against Seattle, who right now seems to be the Super Bowl favorites to myself, other than, you know, uh, the Chiefs on the AFC. But I think Seattle looked the most impressive from the NFC, other than maybe the Packers. So I, I expect the Falcons to bounce back. Yes, the Cowboys have this insanely talented offense, without a doubt, but they put way too much money in the offense, in my opinion. And they didn't even look that good, to be honest with you, in that Rams game. They looked pretty vanilla for a team that should be the most explosive by far in the NFL. So I expect the Falcons to outright win this game. So I will gladly take the points. Dave, you got a chance to go up big on us because I'm going with the Falcons also. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to be a Matt Ryan supporter until he continues to just stab me in the back. I think the weapons you mentioned on Dallas' side, I, I like Atlanta's weapons with Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, Todd Gurley in the backfield. They, they've got some players on there. And Matt Ryan, he was an MVP not that long ago. Uh, I, I think he can still play. I, I think Russell Wilson – is next level. He's, if not the best quarterback in the league right now, he's definitely in the conversation. And I think having film on a quarterback that can extend plays with his legs is going to be beneficial for Atlanta with Dak Prescott, who is not known to run first, but he can run for first downs. So if they can kind of focus key in on one guy that they want to stop, I think they can be competitive and stay within that number. So I will also go with the Falcons plus four and a half. Minnesota against Indianapolis. Minnesota, their worst de defensive performance under the Mike Zimmer regime, giving up 40-plus points against the Packers. They'll go on the road to take on Phillip Rivers and the Colts, who laid a big egg in disappointment, losing as a big underdog to the Jacksonville Jaguars. At home, the Colts currently sit as a three-point favorite in this matchup. Dave, who do you like? Um, well, I'm going to go with the Vikings, um, only because I feel like if you if I didn't go with the Vikings, you'd never let me do this again. So. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good reason or not, but I think you're on the right side. So <laughs> there you go, <laughs> Spence. I'm very intrigued by the Vikings money line. Again, this is a COVID nineteen season, so home means what? I mean, maybe if you have fans, but even then, it's like really isn't that many people there. Maybe your friends and family, so you might play harder because of that. But still, I'm I'm all over the Vikings in this game. Philip Rivers is forever on my bad list because I thought they would take care of business against the Jaguars. And the Vikings are a lot better than the Jaguars. So I'm taking them all day. That's going to be unanimous. And anybody that wants to make money, make sure you listen. Benny, Corey, anybody in there, because I'm going to tell you the reason why you're going to put money in your pocket. Uh, this is one of my top two plays of the week, Vikings money line, and I'll tell you why. Uh, Zimmer usually bounces back in performances where his team gives up over 400 yards, hasn't given up 400 yards in two straight games, holds teams under 25 points in those matchups. And remember, quarterbacks like Phillip Rivers, I don't have all the stats with me, but I've watched every single game for over 20 years. And a, a quarterback that's not mobile, 
can be a sitting duck. This defense got no pressure against Aaron Rodgers last week. I can assure you Mike Zimmer is going to bring exotic blitz packages, and that's not going to happen again. Phillip Rivers is going to have to get the ball out of his hands quickly, and they're going to have to be able to run the ball. They lost their starting running back, Marlon Mack, to injury. They're going to have to rely heavily on the running game because Zimmer is pissed, and that defense is going to play better. And the offense showed some flashes in the second half against Green Bay. They'll get it together. Dalvin Cook's going to have a good game. Alexander Madison, who was one of the stories in camp, the backup running back, he's going to get touches and make some plays. And I think we'll see some more Justin Jefferson, the first-round pick, in this matchup. But it's not a good spot for the Colts. Phillip Rivers can't move in that pocket. And even though the Vikings got zero pressure last week, uh, they're going to make sure to manufacture it in some capacity this week. The Vikings will win and take them on the money line as they'll bounce back and get a win this week. Next game on the board, the Carolina Panthers taking on Tom Brady and the Bucs. Uh, they got off to a fast start, the Bucs did, against the Saints, but it was all downhill from there. The Bucs, currently, we've got them here at an eight-and-a-half-point favorite against Carolina. First-year coach Matt Rule, they were going back and forth with the Las Vegas Raiders last week. They scored a bunch of points. Teddy Bridgewater under setter, Christian McCaffrey running the ball out of the backfield and catching it. Kind of a big number, another divisional game. Buccaneers, eight-and-a-half points. Dave, who you like? This is tough um, based on the spread. If you were asking me head-to-head who I think is going to win, I would uh, lean heavily towards the Buccaneers. But I just don't see the Buccaneers beating them by that much. So begrudgingly, I'm going to take the Panthers based on the, the, the spread. Spence? This is a game. That, that line is intense. If it's division game, we've seen what can happen with the Eagles and Redskins. I'm going to take Tampa Bay begrudgingly, but if they don't win this game, then I'm, I have serious worries about Tampa Bay. So this is more of my confidence than Tom Brady than anything else. This is a tough one. And you guys mentioned it. This line is really tough uh, to handicap, especially when it's a divisional matchup, but I'm also going to lean Tampa Bay because of the first year head coach. Teddy Bridgewater has been solid and it's, it's hard to go against him. He's got a winning record as a starter, but it's that Panthers defense who allowed 30-plus points against the Raiders. Uh, they're going to have their hands full. If Mike Evans suits up again, three tight ends that can make plays, Gronkowski, Cameron Brait, and O.J. Howard, Goodwin, Jones, Leonard Fournette. I think there's too many weapons, and I think the Bucs will pull away uh, an angry Bucks team and a frustrated Tom Brady who's going to look to get back on track. I can't remember the last time he started 0-2. So I'll take the Bucs. And again, like you said, Spence begrudgingly lay the points. Next game, New York Giants at Chicago Bears, two teams who uh, don't have a lot of expectations this year. Two young quarterbacks also. Um, The Bears, five-and-a-half-point favorites. Short, Kind of a short week for the Giants. They played on Monday night. The Bears got a key victory last week as they came back from double digits in the second half. And Trubisky, Mitch Trubisky, threw an important – uh, touchdown pass late in the game to Anthony Miller where he put it right on the money. Bears, big home favorite, five and a half, uh, but the Giants have to travel on the road. Dave, Giants, Bears, who do you like in this one? Um, I like the uh, I like the Giants. Um, I, I, this is, I know you guys are in the land of Vegas. I'm back here in Florida, so I don't know. You guys are, are much a, a, you know more familiar with who sets the lines and all that, but these lines – this week just seemed really out of whack. I, I just don't see the giants, you know, or the bears beating them by a touchdown, you know, you know, essentially it just doesn't seem like they're just 
kind of out of control. Um, I, I think that the um, th they're not going to be able to maintain Saquon um, the whole game, and uh, he'll keep it close. Spence? I have a ton of confidence in the Bears in this game, actually. I, I'm so off on the Giants. Cleo Mack will probably have three sacks, a forced fumble, and probably a fumble recovery to go along with it. That's enough for me to move the line to a touchdown, especially if it comes down to like a seven-point game and the, and the Giants have to score on the last drive. That's prime time for Cleo Mack to just end the game like he did against the Panthers and his defensive player of the year for the Raiders a few years back. It's another tough one because I, I agree with both your points. I think Dave makes a good point. It's a lot of points for the Bears. I can't remember – a whole bunch of times where the Bears have beat people by a touchdown or more. They're usually in close games. But the reason I'll lean towards the Bears, uh, even though there's no crowd, it's because that home field. There's just something about Soldier Field where the Bears play better. And even though it's hard to fall in love with Trubisky and Matt Nagy as the coach, I do like some of the Bears' weapons. I've been on Anthony Miller since he was a sophomore at Memphis. Cordero Patterson, a former Viking, I think is, is unsung and unheralded. When he gets the ball in his hands, he can make plays. I think the Bears have some weapons. And I like, I've always liked the fact that Trubisky can extend plays with his legs. Uh, he needs to be a better decision maker as he had a key fumble in last week's game. And I think uh, Daniel Jones can be a playmaker. And I think Saquon Barkley could go off. So this could go either way, but I'm going to lean towards the Bears. And even though there's no fans, give them that home field advantage. So I'll go with the Bears, uh, not loving it, laying the five and a half. Another divisional matchup on the next one, Lions traveling to Green Bay to take on the Packers. Packers, a six-point favorite. Lions heartbreaking loss, as always, in division. Spence, we've talked about the Lions a little bit, but the Packers, uh, they were great. Aaron Rodgers looked true to form. Uh, I wouldn't really say the old Aaron Rodgers. I don't think he's lost too much over the last couple of years, but he was sensational in week one. Divisional matchup, six-point favorite are the Packers. Dave, who do you like? Packers all the way. Brady's back. Or, sorry, Brady. Rodgers is back. Um, I think he's got a chip on his shoulder. I think he's out to uh, show Green Bay that drafting love uh, was not a good choice. So I think Packers, um, they're going to have it. Spence? Yeah, I'll uh, I'll take the Packers as well. I don't. Th I agree with you, Brad. I don't think he really lost a step. I just don't think he really was either comfortable in the offense or didn't feel he had enough weapons. There's that rookie that he seems to be really enamored with on Green Bay. Seems to be enough to at least move the needle, and he's slinging that rock. So the fact that it's less than a touchdown line, I'm all over that. I think this this game will go over the total. I think both teams will be able to score in this matchup, but I'm with you guys. It's unanimous. I like the Packers also. Again, no, no fans, but I still will give a slight home field edge to the Packers. The Lions traditionally play indoors. Got to travel outdoors. It's a divisional matchup. They had some success. They've covered the spread here with Stafford as quarterback. But, man, I think Rodgers carries that momentum, and Green Bay gets the win and the cover. Dave, your Dolphins, divisional matchup against the Bills. The Bills as a road six-point favorite. Um, I'll start this one off because last year I tried to ride the Dolphins in many spots against the spread, especially teasing a couple games against the Bills, and they weren't close. The Bills blew the doors off them. Uh, so I'm going to go with that again, and I'm not going to let the Dolphins bite me again, even though they may get a cover in a win. I'm going to go Bills on the road, minus six. So that's my pick. Dave? Okay. I'm all, okay, I can't 
uh, pick against the Dolphins. It's, it's against my religion. So I'd rather just give – I'd give it away, the pick, even if it's a loss. I have to go with the Dolphins. Uh, I would be way more confident if this was two years down the line in the Flores regime. But um, I, it's, I can't go against my heart. I'm Dolphins all the way. Spence? Yeah, you're going to lose one just because you like your team. And I guess I did two last week because I picked against the Raiders. But the Bills, I, the fact that this is a six-point line, after seeing the Bills' performance last week too, it feels like a steal almost. So the Bills minus six, they're going to dominate on these turnovers. Fitzpatrick had two turnovers against the Patriots. What is he going to do against the best the, – well, maybe the third best defense in football, we'll call it. Dave, as a Dolphins fan, your your prediction, which week do we see Tua? I'm. It's, I'll be honest with you. I hope not until next season. Um, I think that he's, uh, he's. It, it, we're not going to do anything this year, and it's not like it's come. It's like a wasted commodity. Um, give him the whole year to to work out, get strong, make sure everything's tight and right, and then put him on the field. But I actually, I actually agree with you. I, but I, I personally, I probably think week seven or eight they'll play him. Because they, you know, they want to make the money, and but unfortunately, if it was up to me, I would keep them out for the year. Um, you know, you're not winning anything. It's like redshirting somebody. And that's interesting. Week six or seven, you say about the money. There's a possibility we see fans in the stands at that point in the season. It's not mm-hmm. out of the question. So, uh, I'm with you. I would ex- do exactly what you said, Dave. I would sit him on the bench because he's had no preseason. Every all the word is is that he's healthy. Um, but why take the risk? This guy's your future. You you already have a completely young roster. Why not position yourself for a top five pick and continue to build that roster? I definitely think Brian Flores is doing a great job of maneuvering that roster. He's got guys that will play for him. We saw how competitive the Dolphins were at times uh, late in the season. They, they stopped the Patriots from getting a first-round buy. So I think they've got the right guy. They showed that last year. They just don't have the horses on this roster. Why put two out there? De- Devontae Parker, your top receiver, banged up last week. Uh, what if he can't go late in the season? You just don't want to put him at that risk. Uh, I, I agree with you. I think Sidham have the guts, have the courage. But, of course, if they have fans late in the season, it may not be – their hand may be forced. So we'll have to see how that fan aspect turns out. I know here in Las Vegas there will be no fans no matter what, uh, so we don't have to worry about that. But I know Florida is a little more lax. Jacksonville's already having fans in the stadium, Tampa Bay expects to at some point. So that'll be interesting to follow. I know there's a lot of Dolphins fans out there and a lot of Tua fans, and rightfully so. Tua is going to be the future of that franchise, and I believe, especially in that division, the Dolphins will be competing for a playoff spot within the next three to four years. Next game, 49ers at Jets. Uh, the Jets may be one of the worst teams in the league. Uh, my call was for Adam Gase to be the first coach to get fired. Uh, that'll be a toss-up between him and Matt Patricia. Uh, the Jets are terrible, and the 49ers had a bad loss. Tough divisional matchup, but they should have won the game. Uh, they're a touchdown favorite against the Jets. For me, this is a steal, Spence. Even though it's on the road, uh, this Niners defense is going to dominate. Give me the 49ers minus seven. Uh, Dave? Uh, I agree. 49ers definitely – Adam Gase is uh, probably the worst coach in the NFL right now. Um, having Adam Gates as your coach is like marrying your sister. You could say you're married, but it sucks. So it's not. He, he's got to go. And I don't predict the Jets. I think the Jets quit on him, to be honest with you. So I think that you won't see a lot of Jets, Jets win until they 86 them. Spence? Yeah, I was absolutely shocked. The 49ers lost to the Cardinals, whoever competitive team, but – 
I don't expect them to go zero and two, and especially not against the Jets. I think this is just another going to be one of those disaster games for the Jets that ends up, you know, ultimately leading to the firing of Gase, which is pretty set in stone at this point. And, and some people are saying, oh, you know, Gase doesn't throw the ball to the open receivers. It doesn't ma- it doesn't matter the X's and O's part when you have guys that outwardly don't like you. Le'Veon Bell is currently on the aisle, I believe, on the aisle after one week. And Dave, you you hit it right on the head. You expect them to quit for him, I, and I think that's the part that nobody's talking about. It doesn't matter the X's and O's. The guy's not really likable within the locker room, so that's a big part of it. And that's going to have you lose a job. And I think that's why he loses his job first over Patricia. I know Patricia had it out with one of the players last year, but I still think it's new enough where Patricia can, especially with his Patriots pedigree, kind of maybe win over a locker room. I don't know that for sure, but I think he's got more potential to do it than Adam Gase does. Next game, Broncos at Steelers. The Broncos uh, were fortunate to cover the game on Monday night. Uh, as They had some promising moments, but overall couldn't really put enough points on the board. They are on the road against the Steelers. Both teams played on Monday night. The Steelers are a seven-point favorite. I don't like the Steelers at all. I haven't for years. I think Ben Roethlisberger has seen his better days. Uh, but the Broncos didn't show me anything on Monday night that wants me to back them. They, they didn't, although I didn't, since I banned ESPN, I didn't watch the entire game, but just the fact that they couldn't score more than 14 points was enough for me. And I heard a lot of high praise for that Steelers defense who is always competitive. Uh, so begrudgingly, because I do like a lot of the weapons on the Broncos, but I'm st- the reason I'm going against them, I'm still not sold on Drew Locke. He's got to show me over a consecutive period of time, four or five weeks in a row, putting together consistent, solid games and wins. So for that being said, I'm going to go to the Steelers minus seven. Uh, Spence, Spence yeah. go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I, I, will, I will concur with you, and I'm a lot more confident in the Steelers. I used to have a football I used to uh, throw in my front yard that had – it was like divided into four things, and there are four different plays. I feel like that's the Broncos' offense. Like they're just kind of looking at this small sheet. It's very vanilla. And it's just not going to get it done, especially against the best defensive team in football, I think, by far in the Steelers. Maybe not by far, but the definitive, to me, best defense in football. I wish it was at six and a half, but I'll take this seven. Yeah, I I agree with you guys. Um, I I think that the uh, Steelers offense is is really good. And and the loss of uh, Miller for the Broncos is really, really showing. I think not only was his presence on the field you know, physically, but he's kind of the heart and soul of that defense. Um, so I, I say the um, Steelers cover. Ravens at Texans. Spence, we've talked about Bill O'Brien, what a debacle he is at the coaching head coach and GM of the Houston Texans. And it's unfortunate because they've got a franchise quarterback in Deshaun Watson uh, that's playing under him and saw their star all pro receiver get traded away. Uh, they got beat pretty soundly by the Chiefs. And I think the Ravens do the same thing to them. It's just a different look Texans team without DeAndre Hopkins. And the Ravens, I think, have a chip on their shoulders, and they're the better team. I'm going to go with the Ravens minus seven on the road against the Texans. Dave, what do you think? Ravens, Texans. I like the Ravens, too. We're finally starting to pick the same picks. So, um, But um, I I just think, like you said, Bill O'Brien is – he's a train wreck right now. And, um, you know, he's really dedicated to, to the run with David Johnson and he's just going to force feed it down, uh, the Ravens throat, but the Ravens defense is just too good for that. And they're going to see that coming. So I'm going to go with the Ravens as well. 
I expect a full meltdown from the Texans this year. One bad decision after the other. I said this before. If you coach a game like you did against the Chiefs, the first thing you should be is fired, not given a front office job for Bill O'Brien, given consecutive jobs, which never works in sports. And you're playing uh, the second best team in football, probably like on paper. I I totally am going down with the Ravens here, minus seven. Rams at Eagles, the next matchup in Philadelphia, Lincoln Financial, and one of the one of the two surprising upsets. The Eagles were on the receiving end uh, of getting upset after they were up 17 points in their matchup against the Redskins. This game's a pick 'em. The Rams had a nice win on Sunday night against the Cowboys, but they traveled to the East Coast against the Eagles. It's a pick 'em. It's a tough one. I, I like the Rams. I, I, I like the Rams pieces. But I'm going to give Carson Wentz one more chance uh, along with Doug Peterson. I know their offensive line stinks, but I think they get it shirt off enough this week to get a win. Begrudgingly tough one. This is a tough one to pick. I'm going to take the pick them, and I'm going to go with the Eagles. Dave? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Eagles too. Not because I think they're the better team, but because my father-in-law is an Eagles fan, and he told me if I didn't pick them um, on the show, then um, – we'd have problems. So uh, I'm going to go with the Eagles. I, I like the Eagles. Um, you know, they got a decent team. Uh, the pro- the one scary thing is Aaron Donald because the Eagles offensive line is really bad. So that, that scares me, but I'm going to go ahead and take the Eagles. Dave is committing the worst sports gamblers things that you can do and going off of emotion. This is unbelievable. I'm going to go opposite. I think this is our first opposite pick, Brad. I'm going with the Rams here. I'm impressed. I, I thought the Rams were a lot worse than they are. They look much more poised, much more similar to the year they did when they went to the Super Bowl. I think their defense is is pretty short up now. And, you know, Jalen Ramsey is playing back to form, which is really big. And I just, the quarterback situation for the Eagles, I just don't think is as great as you want it to be. You know, you have this crazy year with Nick Foles and you think you're going to just kind of wash up and continue the, the trend going on to the next season because Carson Wentz is a better quarterback. I don't know. He averages like a fumble a game, which is like, it shouldn't even be physically possible. I, I'm going Rams. I think the Eagles are going to have two turnovers, and that's going to be the difference in this game. I don't love my pick. I, I got to be honest. I, I think Sean McVay schematically calls great plays, and, and they've got a lot of good weapons on the Rams team. Uh, it's just a tough one because it's it's still tough to travel w- west to east coast in, in a field you're not familiar with and taking on a team. It, it's just not easy to do. Um, so it's going to be a tough one. Uh, it's tough. Are the Rams better coached than the Eagles? I mean, the Eagles have a Super Bowl win, but this isn't that same Eagles team. This one's going to be a, a tough one to pick. Um, I'm regretting my pick, but I've got to stick with it. I took the Eagles. Uh, it's going to be a good matchup. We'll see. But, but, I mean, I don't even know who the Eagles have as receivers anymore. They still have Greg Ward from last year from Houston. I mean, Alshon Jeffrey, is he playing? I mean, I'm regretting it more and more that I talk about it. Next game, Washington and Arizona. Arizona, big win last week. Uh, they're at home this week. Minus seven touchdown favorite against the Washington football team. And the Washington football team, big upset win, inspired win for head coach Ron Rivera. I really like what Arizona's done with bringing on DeAndre Hopkins. He was a factor in that win last week. Kyler Murray getting better. We can see it evident on the field. They've got some solid defensive pieces. I think this is another one that could be a steal if it stays at seven or less. Give me the Cardinals minus seven, Dave. I agree. Um, if I this is my this is my gambling lock of the week. 
Okay. This is my, pick. This is my lock of the week. I think uh, Patrick Peterson, he's going to completely wipe out McLaren. Um, I don't think the, uh, the the defensive line is going to be contained, so I think they're going to get a lot of heat to Haskins. And Kyler Murray, like, they just gave him a Benz and said, here you go, son, go out in the world. So he's just, I mean, it's it's just having Hopkins is like having another level of, of, of firepower. So I'm going to take Cardinals, lock it in. If it stays below, if it goes much higher, I don't, you know, it's hard. It would be hard to hold on. But at seven, this is 100% lock. I'm not that confident in it, but I will take the Cardinals here. I hope everyone's not fooled into thinking the Redskins are good after their comeback victory over the Eagles. That was just the, the pure definition of embarrassment. This is another game where I wish the line was a little lower, but for the sake of this show, I will take the Cardinals. Okay, uh, Benny Superfly's team. I know he's still around. His Los Angeles Chargers, uh, they're at SoFi Stadium to open it up for them against the Chiefs, the Super Bowl champions. Chiefs, a nine-point favorite. Uh, it gives me a little more insight after watching the Bengals' defense uh, lay an egg tonight that the Chargers only mustered up, what, 16 points <laughs> against that Bengals team. Uh, that's giving me a lot of confidence in the Chiefs. Because if they can't score more than 20 against the Chiefs, they're going to have a long night ahead of them. Sorry, Benny. Uh, your Chargers are going to have their hands full. Give me the Chiefs and I'll lay the nine. Dave? This is my second 100% lock of the week. Um, I, I'm i scared of the uh, Chiefs. Their offense is just, I mean, every position, they just are are stacked. And Mahomes, is he's in that zone that you know not a lot of athletes get to. But once they get into it, it's hard to get them out of that zone. It's almost like watching Curry when he's heating and he's just chucking up threes from half court and he still switched them. That's kind of how I feel about Mahomes. I think Mahomes is he's hot and uh, it's going to be a while before they throw water on him. So I'm going to go Chiefs all day. Spence? Yeah, I'm going to take the Chiefs here. And I could I, I do think this could be a fairly close game for a long part of it because, you know, the Chargers have a top 10 defense, but – the charge i mean the to, to bet against the chiefs feels like a sin of some sort even though nine seems like a big spot if they can get a 14 point lead do, is there any confidence that the chargers can get that close i know so if they had a better offense i would take the chargers but from what i've seen it's totally just gross <laughs> and so i'm taking chiefs and ben you're a chargers fan how long till we see justin herbert uh if if they win if they lose three games out of their first six we can see herbert pretty early on let's finish up the picks on monday night here in las vegas allegiant stadium opens up and the las vegas raiders are at home but they're taking on the new orleans saints who looked fantastic last week only six points on the road for the saints the saints will be without michael thomas but i've got two of my plays of the week love the vikings money line this is my second one the saints indoor indoors to open up allegiant stadium uh if if Matt Rule, Teddy Bridgewater, and the Panthers are going to score 30-plus against the Raiders, uh, what are the Saints going to do? And the Saints have a really good defense, and I think it's going to be too much for the Raiders. Give me the Saints easily. Dave? Yeah, I agree. The Saints all day. The Saints have just – they they showed last week that um, they're really, really good this year. And uh, like you said, the they, they it's just unlikely that uh, the Saints don't cover 
I'm all over the Saints in this game. The worst secondary in the league is playing the best, one of the best offenses in the league, and it's only a six-point spread. I'll take the over, whatever it is. I'm sure it's high, but I'll still take it because the Saints are probably poised to score at least 38 points in this game, and the Raiders can do, what, maybe 20 at the best? The Saints' defense isn't bad, and the Raiders' offense isn't that great, especially Henry Ruggs is, question, is like questionable at this point. Whew, it's bad stuff. It's unfortunate that uh, there won't be fans in the stadium at all this year, but hopefully, hopefully uh, next year. But it'll still be fun to watch on Monday night. Dapper Dave, thanks so much for joining us tonight and giving us your picks. We'll track them, and we'll see how it goes on Monday night. If you beat us, which you have a chance to do, we have a lot of opposite picks, you'll be back next week if you want to defend the title. Uh, any, Any final thoughts from you, Dave, on any more sports playoffs coming up, NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL? know you're a big basketball fan. Anything else you want to get out there before we let you go? Uh, no, I just want to thank you guys for letting me come on. Um, I have a podcast that's dropping in a couple of weeks. Um, not sports, um, but uh, I've been working on it for, I got like five or six episodes in the can. Um, but uh, you'll have to cover your ears because there's some dirty words. Um, but uh, thanks again, guys. Uh, hopefully uh, we can do this again. All right. We'll give you a chance to plug that podcast next time. That's Dapper Dave Perry. Join us. We'll follow his picks. And uh, anybody else from the comments section that wants to join in and pick against me and the Wiz, if if Dave beats us, he's got to beat both of us. He comes on next week and defends his title. I don't know if that'll happen. And if it doesn't, we'll give somebody else a shot to beat the Believer and the Wiz. Spence, another one in the books as we got football in full effect. If you missed any part of the show, make sure you go – to LandryFootball.com under podcast. Search Landry Conference Call. You can search Landry Conference Call on any podcasting platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Audio Boom, and please watch the show live on www.twitch.tv slash Chris Landry Football every Tuesday and Thursday. We are live from Las Vegas, 9 to 10 o'clock, and also we are live on my personal Facebook page and on Twitter. And I want to thank Benny Superfly, Brian Bravo, Corey, everyone for chiming in on the comments. Make sure you guys tune in again Tuesday, live at 9. For Spencer the Wiz, I'm Brad the Believer. Have a great weekend and put some money in your pockets. We'll see you again. Take care. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.